Hi listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, aka FAM. God began the world with a family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families would be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. We thank God so much for today. Thank God for this opportunity Pastor has asked me to, to um, share what I shared last week, more or less a continuation. Hallelujah. Amen. If today happens to be your first time at farm, just give us a wave. Let's welcome you. Just give us a wave. All right, all right. All right, all right. Good to see you. Hallelujah. All right. We have many special people today. Hallelujah. At the right time, we introduce all of them. Amen. Amen. I mean, when Vicky was um, leading us to pray, she quoted the scripture where Bible says that you should write the vision and make it plain that whoever sees it will run with the vision. Yeah. It says that whoever sees it will run, will do something about the vision, will take action, will respond. Hallelujah. Will, will adjust his life. Because the person wasn't running, but all of a sudden he has to begin to run. So as you come to farm every Sunday, we re, um, emphasize the vision. Our desire is that you adjust your life. You run with the vision. You do something. You take action. He said, whoever sees it will run with it. So once you see the vision, once you hear the vision, begin to do something about the vision. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says, that we shouldn't just be hearers of the word. James 1, 20, 21 says that we should, we should receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. And the next verse is that we should be doers of the word or not, not just hearers only. Hallelujah. So this morning, I just want to do a recap from last week. Last week, we're looking at Psalm 133, where this is a psalm written by David. He was saying that how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We said it is good, it is pleasant. It's good because it is God's nature. It's pleasant because it's agreeable, it's satisfactory. He said that when brethren dwell together in unity, and we're looking at unity from last week. This morning I'm sharing on guarding the unity. Yeah, guarding the unity. Hallelujah. So, he says that how good it is when we dwell together in unity. Verse 2 tells us what it's like. He says that it's like, um, next verse. It's like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron. And we, we spoke about how oil was used to meet um, visitors. That when somebody comes to your house, Jewish tradition, they anointed your head, your head to refresh you. And we said that anytime we live in unity, it's like that refreshing we receive from the oil. That when there's an environment where there's unity, it refreshes people. So in this church, when we are united and people come, no matter what is happening in their lives, they'll find a refreshing. Hallelujah. Amen. Then the next verse, the next verse, so that I don't keep long here, the next verse, the Bible says that it is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. Now, when you go, when you look in Jerusalem, there was just one place that was always green, and it was like on this particular mountain. So every other place looked like a, a wilderness, but this place, as though it received constant irrigation. And so what does this signify? It signifies life. It says that when we dwell together in unity, we provide a thriving and a healthy environment. 
that when people are going through different issues and they join us, they come to our families. If you have a family that is thriving, where there's unity and where it's healthy, when people join that family, what they receive is they receive life and they receive health. Some people, the stress they are going through is not the hospital they need. They need a family. Some, some things people are going through, they don't, they don't need another medication. What they really need is a family, a group of people who accept them. Some people don't really need a psychologist. They, lead, they need a family that is working in love, that will embrace them, that will accept them. Some people's addictions and the problems they are going through, they, they don't just need plenty talk, they just need plenty love. Hallelujah. May this church be that family. Where it's thriving and where it's healthy. Where the, the weak will run to and receive strength. Where the sick will run to and will receive healing. Hallelujah. And may we be deliberate about having such a place. And the verse 3 says that for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life evermore. Where there's unity, God commands his blessing. God instructs his blessing. God directs his blessing to a group of people who are living together in unity. And we looked last week at the fact that one great blessing of God is his presence. We said that in Matthew 3, I think verse 16, there about, the Bible says that as Jesus was being um, baptized, the heavens opened, then the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And I was sharing with you that now the, the animal dove, when you just do a little um, um, geography or biology, realize that a dove has very uh, interesting features. And one of them is that doves don't land where the environment is hostile. So what do we learn from this? The Holy Spirit descends and rests upon the people where there's no hostility, where there's, where there's peace, where there's love. He finds and he finds a rest at such places. So the Holy Spirit will descend upon us. That's why, isn't it amazing in Acts 2 verse 1? Bible says that as the disciples were with one accord, they, suddenly the Holy Spirit came upon them. So the Holy Spirit breaks forth, God's presence breaks forth where suddenly where people are living together in unity. Hallelujah. Are you in the house? And we also shared with you a few things that destroy relationships. One of them is familiarity, how we take for granted blessings that are around us, right? Yeah, may we not take for granted any, any person around us. Learn to say thank you to somebody who opens the door for you. Learn to say thank you to your wife. Uh, are the husbands in the house? Learn to say thank you to your kids. When, they, when somebody runs an errand for you, when somebody goes out of their way to do something for you, learn to say thank you. Oh, are you with me? This is not um, courtesy for boys and girls. This is the life of a Jesus follower. Yeah, a life of appreciation, a life of learning to say thank you. Please, mommy can come to the front. There's a space here for mommy, so mommy can come to the front. Let's put hands together for Pastor Ross, mama. She joins us. Hallelujah. Right. So may we never take for granted what God has blessed us with. Africans are in the habit of cherishing and appreciating dead people. Yeah, we only say thank you. Remember the good things that somebody has said to us when they are dead and gone. He said, I remember your words. Let's remember them while they are alive. Isn't it just amazing how we name streets after people who are dead and gone? While they are living, nobody names a street, nobody names a facility after them. But when they are dead and gone, as though they don't know. Hallelujah. So familiarity, let's learn to say thank you. There are great blessings around you. You have no idea the millionaire that is sitting around you. Uh, look, tell your neighbor, look, look at me. Well, I'm, I'm becoming a millionaire. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then we look at another thing that, you know what I'm repeating such things. Somebody said repetition is the mother of all learning. 
the more we hear something. Bible says that faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17 says. So the more you hear something, the more you have faith to do that thing. We also look at gossip as something that destroys great relationships. Why are we looking at relationships? So that there cannot be unity where we don't have great relationships. And the devil is after every kind of relationship. For example, when you get married at the altar, the day you say, I do, the devil is saying, I also do to the distraction of your marriage. Yeah, he's also coming with full force. When two or more are gathered in God's name and want to move according to purpose, the devil is also working against that. Hallelujah. So don't be surprised. Don't, let, don't, don't, don't act amazed when the devil is attacking things that are coming together. That's why you can, hear, you can see great friends who start living well, then by the time realize something goes wrong. And they stop talking. Right. Oh, are you with me? Yeah. yeah. So we also looked at gossip as one of the things that destroys great relationships. When what you are talking about or who you are talking about is not contributing to the solution of whatever is happening is gossip. Hallelujah. When it's not contributing to the healing process, what I'm talking to Sebastian about concerning Napo, how is it contributing to healing? Is it not amazing sometimes when we go and talk to people, by the time we are done with them, we change the person's perspective about this person. So this person sees him as a good person, and you bring a certain complaint in a certain way. By the time you realize the mind has changed about this person. Sometimes you yourself, you, you still respect the person, but you've changed the person's honor. Hmm. Hallelujah. Yeah. Today when I was just preparing Adon, I remember the scripture in Malachi 3.16. Bible says that those who did fear the Lord spoke. And the Lord heard them. And he took notice of what they were saying. Anytime you are chatting, the Lord is paying attention. He wants to see if there's something that can be recorded for eternity. <laughs> is it the Bible? So, Malachi 3.16, I think. All right. Then those who fear the Lord spoke to one another. This is talking about believers. Those who fear the Lord. And the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord. And who meditate on his name. Anytime we are chatting, especially if it's concerning the purpose of God, and especially concerning good, the Lord is hearing us. He's interested in our conversations. If Bible says in Revelation, he keeps our tears, how much more our, revelation, uh, our conversations? So the Lord is really interested in the things we are talking about. I pray that as the Lord listens, you won't, he'll be delighted at recording what he's hearing. Uh, you can't say amen. I know you can't say amen. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we also ended by talking about one of the things that destroys relationships. The inappropriate use. I think I should change last week's point. Not mobile phone, but the inappropriate use of the phone. Because mobile phone doesn't always destroy. So if you wrote mobile phones in your last message, write the inappropriate use of mobile phones. This morning when I was coming, I just opened the, um, an article and I was asking one of the people in my car, Christine, to read for me. And we're talking about how people are addicted. This article was written on, I think, 4th July. I think the Independence Day of America or something. And the writer was telling them how much they are independent, but there's a phone that has sent them back to slavery. Yeah. And was talking about how um, phones... He was talking about dopamine. How many of us know dopamine? Dopamine is a chemical that is released in your brain. Anytime you are doing something that gives you a reward. Right. And this is what is released when people have sex. This is what is released when some people are even addicted, like especially heroin and cocaine. So as they take it, it gives them a certain level of reward. It's, it's <laughs> dope. <laughs> the same is said of, of the mobile phone. 
that as you are using the, the mobile phone, it gives you a certain reward in your mind. So that's how come when you take a picture and you put it in your status and you have a certain amount of likes, it gives you a certain feeling of, of, of happiness and joy. Right. And it just shows us how we are addicted to the phone and how we want to go to the phone every point in time. Oh, are you with me? Yeah. And how when your phone rings, there's a certain, they did a research, a newscaster, they put his phone at his side, a very popular newscaster. And they connected some, you know how people do technological things, they connected phones to his, his fingers and they measured his, his heart rate. Every time there was a, the, the phone rang and his heart rate increased every time his phone as his anxiety level rose up every time. That's how come when you have a call, you are always in a hurry to see who is calling you. What's happening is that your anxiety is increasing. Anytime your phone rings and you are conscious, there's a ringtone and you go to your phone, your anxiety is, in, you just want, who is calling me? Who has called me seven times? Who has, there's a certain level of anxiety that is coming. And because of that, because of the, the reward that the phone gives to our brains, we are easily able to go to it instead of learning to build deep conversations and lasting relationships. That's how come now when people go on a date, they are all on their phones. That's how now people when close. That's why when you close from church, you want to go for your phone. You are actually addicted to the phone. That's how come when you sleep, your phone is by you. When you wake up, you go to the phone first. It's not because of the alarm, because you put it off when it rings. <laughs> are you with me? Yeah. So it's a certain, it's, it's, it's just, you've just you, we've just pushed ourselves into a place where we are addicted. And last week I shared with you how we should stay away. And I realized that it really helped after church. After church, I was looking around, I saw that people were not using their phones. And that's when you can, you can really ask somebody and look in the face and say, how are you doing? How has your week been? Are you with me? If our community will be healthy, we must learn to put away the phone and learn to talk to people and have deep conversations and build great relationships. Are you with me? So you have to check your life and see if you're addicted. Maybe another day we'll do a presentation on um, addictions to phones. Hallelujah. I pray that that day you'll be in church. So let me guard the unity of the church by going to Genesis 11. As I said, we are looking at unity for relationships, unity for marriage, unity at your work, in church, and the family of God. Genesis 11. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shina, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and, and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one. Hmm. And they all have one language. And this, is, and this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be, held, be withheld from them. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord commanded his people, God's command has always been to go, not to settle. Anytime people decide to settle in any kind of vision, the Lord will bring a certain way to scatter the people. So right from the beginning, God told him, go, move, just keep going, just keep responding to my vision, never settle. That's why in the book of Acts, if you remember, 
When the people decided to settle, persecution came, so they, they had to scatter. Anytime we settle and we stop going, what we do is that we inhabit the flow of God's work. So when God starts a thing, his desire is that the thing will keep going and keep spreading. God doesn't start a thing for you to just remember, stay at a place. His desire is that from here you touch the ends of the world. So as you started farm like this, for example, God's desire is that one day farm will be found in, in Denmark. God's desire is that one day farm will be found in where? Ukraine. God's desire is that one day farm will be found in Israel. Because he's still restoring his kingdom agenda for family influencing societies. So God starts a thing small here, but his desire is always to keep moving and never to settle. Anytime you settle, you're actually holding back God's ability to touch the world. Okay, that's not what I'm sharing, so let me go. And we see, it says that anything they do will not be withheld from them. Hey, for God to look at a group of people and say that these people are unstoppable. Why? Just because they are united. They wanted to make a name for themselves. They were actually against God's will. But God was saying that even if people are united against my will, they look unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. And don't you see it in the world today? A group of people who obviously, they've taken a position which is wrong, but they look unstoppable sometimes. Just a, a minority in a particular country, and they, they look untouchable. Why? Because they are united. They are of the same mind and of the same purpose. They are standing for the same thing. How much more you and I, born of the Holy Ghost, born of the Word of God, filled with the Holy Ghost, being led by the Spirit, being directed by God's grace, anointed by the Holy Spirit, if we are united, then indeed nothing can stop us. If we are united, indeed we can stand for God's purpose, and that's why the Bible says the gate of hell will not even prevail against us as God is building His church. That's the strength of unity, people of God. And that is how come we must do everything to guard the unity of families, to guard the unity of the church. Yeah. To guard the unity of families and to guard the unity of church. Look out there. The divorce rate out is almost the same as the divorce rate in the church. How come we are, we are not different? <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's look at Acts 4, 32 to 35. So they will be reading a few scriptures, so just flow with me. Acts 4. Um, okay. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. Next verse, please. And with great power, watch. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Let's go. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold. Next verse. And laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each as anyone had need. Let's go back to verse 32 so that you look at something. Verse 32. And the multitude, what? The group of people, the believers were of one heart and one soul. One heart and one soul. One heart and one soul. That is unity. He said they were of one heart and one soul, one heart and one soul. And because of that, watch what began to happen amongst them. Bible says great grace was upon them. Great grace was upon them. Great grace. God's grace gives us the ability to do what we cannot do humanly. And one of the ways to always walk in God's grace, under God's grace, with God's grace, by God's grace, however you put it, is by walking in unity. 
Yeah. By walking in unity. Yeah. Yeah. Bible says God is able to make all grace abound to our 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, that we having sufficiency in all things may be able to abound unto every good work. Look, you need grace to do good works in this life. Because whatever you think you can do humanly, other human beings, atheists are doing it, Muslims are doing it. What to make your work exceptional is the grace of God. And great grace can come to you when we live together in unity. Great grace. And he also tells us something, another, another, another benefit of unity. He said that there was no lack, there was no lack amongst them. Needs are supplied when we live together in unity. Needs are supplied. Great needs are supplied when we live together in unity. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said great needs are met. The supernatural becomes a normal thing when we begin to live together in unity. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1 to 3. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1 to 3. And brethren, this is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. And brethren, and I brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I said, I when I came, I wanted to talk to you, but I had to talk to you as carnal people. Next verse. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. Then tell us why. Semicolon. For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions amongst you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Paul said, I want to preach to you this church. But there's something that is stopping me from giving you something great that the Lord wants you to have. He said that this is the reason. He said because of envy and strife and because there are divisions, disunity amongst you, because of that you cannot receive. Let's not forget which church this is. In 1 Corinthians 1 verse 7, let's look at the, the greatness of this church. This wasn't just a normal church. Let's go to verse 5 and 6 so that you understand what I'm talking about. Verse 5. That you were enriched in everything. This is the church. The church was enriched in everything. By him in all utterance and all knowledge. The church had virtually all forms of utterance and all knowledge. That's a great church. That's an example. That is a church that I can tell you. There are many churches like that. They were enriched in all utterance. In all knowledge. This is a great church. This, is, this doesn't look like a church, a, a small church. Next verse. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So let's go to my emphasis here. Verse 7. So that you come short in no gift. Eagerly <laughs> waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said this church, there was no spiritual gift they never had. They were raising the dead. They had the word of knowledge. They had prophecy. They have every gift. He said that you don't come short. You don't lack any, any great gift in this church. Just because you before you start thinking that the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 is, a, is, is like a, a bad church. Look at the greatness of the church. He said they did not lack any spiritual gift, but he gets to verse chapter 3, verse 3. He said that, are you not still carnal? Because there are divisions. Divisions are a sign of carnality. Divisions are a sign that we are not operating by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Divisions are a sign that we are not living according to God's will and purpose. Divisions will always stop us from receiving more from God. He said, are you not carnal? He said, I wanted to speak to you as spiritual, but you cannot receive something the Lord wants you to receive just because you are divided. Are you in the house at all? Yeah. 
He said, are you not behaving like mere men? He said, you are behaving like just a normal person when there are divisions amongst you. No matter your gift, no matter the healings, no matter the greatness of the church, once we move to a point of division, what happens is that we become just like mere men, normal men. So our gifts don't really matter when we are living in division. <laughs> are you with me? So we can have the best gifts, but when we are divided, we are just like normal men. We don't have any eternal and everlasting impact. Are you with me? Yeah, meanwhile, I'm calling as a church. Bible says that we are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Yeah, Bible says you and I, we are the righteousness of God. You and I, we are the body of Christ. You and I, we've been called to show forth the glory of God. You and Bible says, in fact, that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. So, attached to the church is a life of good works. That's how great we are. But Bible is saying that when we live together in this unity, we don't look like what Jesus sees the church to be. We look like every other person. The difference between us and the body is that we have, we have one mind and one purpose. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. I'll be closing in some seconds. Just be with me and I'll be closing soon. I'm deliberately moving fast. Um, so that if we have time within my preaching time, we can have a short discussion. As Pastor Lord, we usually make us do a standing discussion. So Ephesians 4, verse 1. Now you should know that Ephesians is divided. Ephesians has six chapters. The first three chapters tell us about who we are in Christ, what the Lord has done for us, about our position in Christ. That's why he has scriptures like, for grace are you saved. Through faith, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. So it's telling us who we are, what the Lord has done for us, and who we are, our position in Christ. The first three chapters of Ephesians, that's what it tells us to. It tells us who we are. Then the next three tell us who, who we are supposed to, how we are supposed to live based on who we are. Do you get it? So first three chapters tell us who we are in Christ. We are the light of the world. Then the next three tells us how we are supposed to behave based on who we are. And look at how he starts how we are supposed to behave or live based on who we are. Verse 1. This Paul talking, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? This is an apostle who raised the dead by introducing himself as a prisoner. Yeah. Telling you. There are some men of God today if you introduce them, you leave one of the titles out to not be easy for you. Don't correct the MC. <laughs> yeah. I therefore... Yeah. Isn't it amazing how we, we look at anyway? It's in Africa that we like titles. I always my mind. Yeah, because we call Rick Joyner, Rick Joyner. Billy Graham, Billy Graham. Have you realized it? Yeah. Uh, what are the people? Uh, please don't put me in trouble. Just mention the names of people without titles. <laughs> yeah. Catherine Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. Many great names, no titles. Yeah. But we here, if you joke with us without here, do you know who I am? All right. He said, I therefore, and look, I introduce him. He said, I am a prisoner. I'm a prisoner. He said, I'm in, the word prisoner, there comes a word which means I'm in bonds for the law. I've been arrested. <laughs> That's why Paul could stand at a place and say in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 that you've been purchased at a price. You have been bought. You don't belong to yourself. He knew what he was talking about. That's why he said this in Ephesians 4 verse 1. Okay, let me go on. Beseech you to walk worthy of your calling, which you were called. Once you are Christian, you've been called. And Bible is saying that 
after you know how you've been called in Ephesians chapter 1 to chapter 3, there's a way to walk. It says you should walk worthy. The word worthy then means accepted, appropriate. The word worthy then means what pleases God, God's acceptable way. That's the word worthy that is here. It says you should walk worthy of your calling. You should walk appropriately and tells us how? With all loneliness. You might have told you we were saying that with miracles and signs and wonders. Because when you hear that somebody has been called, the first thing that comes to your mind is full-time ministry. The first thing that comes to your mind is with the pulpit. But Bible is saying that without the pulpit, there's a calling upon your life. Yeah. So your calling is not just church. Your calling is in your family. So that as you are, if, as you are going to talk to your wife, before you lift up your hand to slap her, remember that you've been called. Before you shout at her, remember that you've been called. The man cannot say amen at this point. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering. This is how we've been called, and this is how we should respond to the call. Bearing with one another in love. <laughs> Hallelujah. Say, walk worthy. Walk worthy of your call. Walk appropriately in a way that pleases God. Isn't that amazing? Is it? When Osof Eric preaching about hosting the presence of God in our families. John 8, 29. Jesus said, the one who sent me is always with me because I always do the things that please him. Jesus said, the Father has never left me. He's always with me because I always do the things that please him. One of the things that pleases the Lord is when we walk together in unity. The Father will be with you. God's presence with you is not just goosebumps. Uh, it's not just when you feel goosebumps. When you live together in unity, that's why the Bible says that where two or more of you or two or three of you are gathered in my name, he says that you don't have to pray extra. I am there already. He said, where two of you are gathered in unity, he said, don't, don't. It's not now that you are going to pray two hours for me to show up. I'm there. I am there. He said, there I am in your midst. Where you are united, once you are two, you are united. He said that I have no option but to show up. <laughs> and if you are going to please the Lord in our families, then we must do what the Bible says. Hallelujah. With all loneliness. Loneliness. And what? A, let's go back to it. And gentleness. Hmm. With long suffering. Are you in the house at all? Yeah. Before I come to that, let me show you what verse 3 says. And that's, that's where my message, that's where I gave you the title of the message. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Is that we should walk worthy of the Lord with all lowliness, gentleness, long-suffering, endeavoring. The word endeavoring there comes from a word which means to be diligent. It means to labor. It means to pay attention, to be deliberate. He says that be, be deliberate so that you can keep the unity of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the source of all unity. He is the originator. Unity comes from him, but we are supposed to guard the unity he has started amongst us. So we don't, um, how do you call it, invent unity. No, we are just deliberate about guarding. He said, endeavor to keep. The word keep is guard. He said, endeavor. He said, the word endeavor comes from a Greek word, which also means you make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. Yeah. It also means to use speed. Hmm. To be prompt or earnest. To use speed. Like, he said, always risk, be fast to guard unity. Something is happening. A relationship is just, there's a strain in every, a little strain. 
He says that be prompt. Don't wait. Don't wait for Christmas time. Don't wait for 31st. Be prompt. It happens. Be prompt. Be prompt to guard it. Be prompt. Make every effort. Respond to keep that relationship or that friendship. Hallelujah. So how do we guard the unity? I'm going to rush through this point. I hope you follow me. How do we guard? That's, I was telling you, guarding the unity of the... Have, have I communicated? Do you understand what I'm sharing? All right. So we are going to look at how to guard the unity in the next 10 minutes. Right. One, it's what I shared last week, Galatians. First, you must always acknowledge. And let me just give you a scripture for that. I, I talked about this last week, so I don't think I'm going to do all the... Acknowledge the body. Where's Galatians? Okay, Galatians is here. Galatians 3, 26. Bible says that for <laughs> you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Right. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Hmm. Hallelujah. We are all one in Christ Jesus. I'm no different from you. Because of Christ, we are one. So you can be a Jew. Okay, you can be an Ewe. I can be a Gan. I can be an Ewe. You can be from the... Do you know Ewe? Ewe is Ewe. All right. You can be everywhere. Hmm. You see that in Christ Jesus, those things don't matter. Yeah. Whether you live at Dansuma or Islegon, in Christ Jesus, we are all one. Hallelujah. So that when we meet and you see your brother and say, it's not about you, it's, it's, not, it's not about what you like, it's not about which food you like, it's because of Christ, because of Christ we are all one. Yeah. Because if you don't think like that and if you don't walk conscious of this, you think that everybody in this world is different from you. But can we rather sometimes, we are, we are unique people, but can we sometimes see our, our sameness in the fact that we are all one in Christ Jesus? Whether I'm dark, whether you are fair, we are all one because of Christ Jesus. So that when we come and fellowship together, it's not, it's not somebody who is sitting there. It's not Napo who is sitting there. I am here. No, Napo is my brother because we are all one in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hmm. So the first one, how to guard the unity of the, of the church or every family or every relationship. As we are growing as a church, we are laying this foundation so that we we'll, we'll keep doing them. You acknowledge the body. Two. It tells us in Ephesians 4, verse 2. Let's go back to Ephesians 4. With all lowliness, remember the scripture? And gentleness. The word lowliness there means modesty. It means humility. Yeah. If you don't humble yourself, you'll never be in unity with other people. If you see yourself as better than everybody, you can never work with them. Bible says that can two work unless they agree. You can never work with people if you are, not, you are not united with them. Are you with me? Yeah. Can two work unless they agree? So unless we begin to agree, unless we begin to live in unity, we will never be able to work God's purpose and work God's way. And one of the ways is to be a humble person. Yeah. Yeah. One day I was talking about somebody, some years ago, and the, the person looked in front of me and told me, the world does not revolve around you. And he helped me. Yeah. Since then, I realized the world doesn't revolve around me. Yeah. Sometimes when you are going through issues, don't think that only your point has to be heard. Because the world doesn't revolve around you. <laughs> in your, in your, in, when you are in a space with other people, don't think you are the most important person. Humility is seeing yourself as Christ sees you. 
Hallelujah. Gentleness. The next one is with gentleness. Gentleness is the quality of being kind or tender. I shared with you last week. It means being sensitive. Ish. Yeah. We should learn to be sensitive. Do you know, Christians sometimes use words loosely. And we should learn to be sensitive. Is it a mild status I saw last night or so? Yeah. Sometimes you meet somebody and they first say, hey, you've put on weight. Oh. It's not everybody who appreciates such things. <laughs> Are you with me? It's not everybody who Because it's possible somebody is battling with the thing. And you can't even ask, how are you? How, how has life been? But I'm talking about what is obvious on the outside. What is on the outside is always a reflection of what is on the inside. So if you really care, don't care about the body. Care about what is happening in the person's life. So we should learn to be sensitive. I'm out, so you gave me a point. Gentleness also means the softness of action. Or effect. It also means mercy. It also means sympathy. It also means peacefulness right hmm. the next one long suffering we always say that what's the meaning of long suffering in your relationship with other people what's long suffering is to suffer for long hmm. hallelujah so they do things against you but to suffer for long some of these things some of us will understand when we get married that marriage is a everyday not that I'm suffering but I'm just telling you that <laughs> hallelujah yeah. Long suffering is patience. It's, it's simply patience. What's patience? The capacity to accept or tolerate delay, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. Hmm. This is English. This patience is English definition. To accept or tolerate delay, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. Right. Right. So, in our dealing with other people, somebody actually defined long I wasn't going to read it, but let me read it for you. As the spirit that has the power to take revenge, but never does. Yeah. So, that's how somebody defined long That has the power, the spirit that has the power to take revenge, but never does. So, in your relationship with other people, sometimes you have the power to take revenge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you should not even be happy when bad things happen to your enemies. I mean, if you are going according to the Bible. This is the church. People are surprised. <laughs> yeah. Some of you are just praying for your enemy to, to meet, to, <laughs> to really receive in his body what he did to you. Some of you are just waiting for your, your, your ex to receive the level of pain you went through. Yeah. Yeah. You are just waiting for that time so that you can put in your status. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, simply as that. Just karma. Nothing else. Just karma. <laughs> Hallelujah. One day, Jesus' this, disciples asked him. Something was happening and they asked him, should we call down fire to come upon this people? He said, you don't know which kind of spirit you have. He said, the kind of spirit you have doesn't mingle in such things. It doesn't destroy. It builds people up. If you have the Holy Spirit really living inside of you, it will build others up. Even people who are not in your favor. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says that don't take revenge. Romans 12 says. Yeah. How Reverend Estude was saying a story of how somebody quoted a uh, verse. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. The person said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Yeah. He said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Yeah. 
Some of you, you are just looking for a way to revenge. Please, there's no need to revenge. Somebody said bitterness, walking around with bitterness is like taking poison. It's not in the Bible, please. It's like taking poison and expecting the next person to die. Yeah. So if swallowed a gallon of poison, but you are waiting, you are just looking at, is he dead? Is he dead? You are killing yourself. You know many times when you walk in bitterness, healing is far from you. Yeah. Because one, one of... I don't know. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All these things, I've not thought about them. I believe one of the foundations of every great healing is peace of mind, soundness of mind. Bible says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Soundness of mind is a foundation for great living, a great life. When you have a sound, you can you cannot have money, but if you have a sound mind, you are fine. They people have money and they don't have a sound mind. They all have a beloved and a relationship and a wife and a husband, but they don't have a sound mind. They look blessed, but they don't have a sound mind. Hallelujah. All right, let me continue so that I don't drift. Patience, right? It's a bearing with one another in love. The word bearing with or bearing is to put up with somebody. Have you heard somebody say, I'm, I'm putting up with this person? And he says that the way you put up with people is by love. Usually when you say I'm putting up with this one, you're saying that Charlie, I have no option. I'm just in there. I'm just hanging in there. How's your relationship? I'm just hanging in there. How's your marriage? I'm just putting up with all her attitude and all his attitude and all. I'm just putting up with them. But I say that how you bear with each other is by working. This word love there is not, it's not any of the kinds of love, love used in the Bible. It's not filio. It's not storage. It's not eros. It's agape, the God kind of love. Yeah, it's agape love, the unconditional love, <laughs> the love that forgives. Last week we looked at what this kind of love looks like as a standard for forgiveness. We looked at Colossians 3, 12 and 13. He says that as Christ forgave you, you should also forgive other people. The standard for loving other people and forgiving them is God's standard. And we looked at the fact that what is God's standard for forgiving people? He took the first step. When your relationship with somebody goes wrong, you, if you are going to walk in love, you have to take the first step, even if you were right. It's the church. The place is quiet again. Yeah. Even if the person is wrong, you take the first step to mend the relationship. Yeah. What's agape when it comes to forgiveness? Agape does not keep record of wrongs. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Agape doesn't mark their wrongs. Some of you have more wrongs in your mind about people more than their rights. Hallelujah. Amen. To, to put up with them. But use agape. Forgive people as Christ forgave you. Yeah. When agape forgave us, it did not add a condition. Usually when you are forgiving people, you, say, you have to promise you never do this again. The next time I'm out of the door, agape doesn't do that. Agape says, I forgive you even knowing that you have a potential to do it again. Agape is saying that I know you do it again, but I forgive you anyway. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> because, you see, God usually uses people in our... The goal of the Christian life is to become like Jesus. And God will use community to make us like Jesus. Yeah. Because God's, one of God's greatest works is to make you like His Son. And one of these ways we can see if you are truly a follower of Jesus is when you walk in love. John 13, 34, 35 tells us, by the love we have for each other, the world will know that we are his disciples, right? So in walking in love, is a sign. And God will use community to perfect his love inside of you. 
Romans 5 verse 5 says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit already has given you the agape, but it's time for you to use the agape. And the way you do that is by giving you community. God will teach you patience by sending impatient people around you. God will teach you how to walk in love by sending you unlovable people. People that you are not supposed to love into your life. Brothers, it's possible God's greatest work of patience is by sending you a certain woman to marry. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so God will give us people who hate us. Yeah. It's possible. We are following him. He's like, what? <laughs> um, hallelujah. I'm not, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that somebody will break your heart and leave you. That's what I'm talking I'm just talking about community. Before you think about marriage, I'm maybe just even talking about, about regular community, about God saying, God will send somebody who will talk to you in a way you don't like so that he can teach you how to keep quiet even when you are hit. Because Bible says of his son, he said he was like a sheep before the slaughter and he never opened his mouth. If you, go, you are going to become like Jesus, you have to be brought before the slaughter with your mouth shut up. And that involves being going through pain and shutting up. Not talking to any, not just not talking back at the person, not talking to any other person about the pain. There's no occasion where Jesus called the disciples and said, Look, the pain I'm going through, this no, 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 no. He was in constant communion with his father. Yeah. God, you see, when you're a Christian, when you're a follower of Jesus, you, you have to understand Romans 8 says it. That for we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. For those who are called according to his purpose. In, in Genesis 50, the story of Joseph. Joseph was betrayed, sold in slavery. And this is Joseph now becomes a prime minister. You can imagine Joseph's pain of being sold, going through all these issues. Now they've lied against you that you, are the, you want to rape somebody. Meanwhile, you never did it. And now you've gone through, in all those seasons, I'm sure Joseph Ubamish remembered that he was sold into slavery. Every day Joseph lived his life, he remembered the pain that has been caused him by his brothers. But when he had a chance to repay his brothers, guess what he said in Genesis 50? So in Genesis 50, Jacob, um, their father is living. And they come to him. The brother said, actually, we have to be smart. Our father is alive. So, because of that, our brother cannot do anything. But if our father dies, what will happen to us? It's possible our brother will get bored and do to us all he has done to us. So, they came to Joseph to reassure him, to reassure them of his love and his commitment to never pay them back. Guess what Joseph says in Genesis 50-20? Let's go. Okay, let's go to the previous verse. Or maybe 2-18. 18. 18. Then his brothers who went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. So his brothers came straight. I said, Look, we are your servants. <laughs> they accepted defeat. He said, Take us as your servants. Next verse. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? He said, Don't treat me like I'm God. Some of us, when people do things against us, we want to be God in their lives. So as we are, as we are forgiving them, we want to show them that we are in charge of their lives. We determine. So somebody does something against you in your community and something happens, the person even wants to laugh, but you turn and look at the person, do you really want to laugh? You, are you sure you want to laugh at this moment based on what you've done to me? You want to control the person even when you are in a community. It's, that is being God in the person's life. Yeah. So somebody else, you know, he can't post that he has gone to eat somewhere. Uh, are you with me? Yeah, he 
Give personality his status because you have become God. You are controlling him now. Okay, next verse. That's not what I want to say. But as for you, tell your neighbor, as for you, you meant evil against me. Hmm. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. So when you're a Christian, God will really use the hurt and pain that you go through to bring re- deliverance and redemption to people in the future. Yeah. He said, you sold me in slavery, but the goal of, the goal of that, and what God has used that for is that today deliverance has come to many people. God has saved many, do you know how many nations were going to suffer and die out of famine, if not for Egypt? Yeah. Yeah. It's possible the famine in the next generation or in some people's lives or in some areas or the solution to men's hunger is going to come as a result of the pain somebody has sent you through. Hallelujah. Some people don't want to believe because when they look at the pain, they don't see any connection. There's no way you could see a connection between somebody being sold to slaves and somebody saving the world. There's no connection. But there's a connection. When Bible says that for we know that all things... All things, Romans 8.28 says, For we know that all things work together. Hallelujah. It's possible that that broken heart was to keep you for a certain man of God. Hmm. Hallelujah. The sisters cannot say the amen at this point. Hallelujah. So we are still looking at how to, to keep the unity. Romans 12, I think the last verse, so that's 21. Just to show you something. Do not... Be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. In your relationships, one of the ways to guard the unity is never use evil to overcome. Always use ev- good to overcome evil. When somebody does anything to you, the way to bring healing and restoration is never to do something bad. It never helps. Hmm. Do you know? Okay. Let me start closing my book so I can close. Too many things are coming to my mind. Do you know there are some people who have lost relationships just because they missed the call and never called back? Do you know some people lost relationships just because they felt somebody should have called and the person never called, so they also decided not to call? If you feel that somebody has to call you, pick your phone. That's why you also have a phone. Call the person. (laughs) There are some very trivial things that will follow and destroy great relationships that have been built over years. It's like when you begin to say, it's his responsibility. She's supposed to do it. I did it the last time. Every time you, st- anytime you start counting good, what happens, when you start counting your good, what happens is that you begin to see the many evil also in the next person. When you are married and begin to count your good, do you know what you are doing? You are lifting up your good, so eventually you also see the evil in your partner. So never, ne- be somebody who is focused on good, Remember, we're looking at Proverbs 8, 20, 24. He says that um, he that is friendly, or he who has many friends, must show himself friendly. He must show himself friendly. 18, 24. Alright. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. So if you don't have friends, it's possible you are not a friendly person. Hallelujah. <laughs> Look, community keeps all. Community will keep you alive for long. Yeah, one of the most lonely things is to grow up old without having community. A group of people you do life with. You should always have people you are doing life with. It helps you. Hallelujah. 
So how do you keep the unity? Um, um, I have two more points. Let me just take one. Okay, let's look at Philippians 2, 1 to 2. One of the ways of guarding the unity, be of the same mind. Let's go. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, this is Paul talking, next verse. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Guys, when you're in a relationship, when you're in family, when you're in this church, you can always, you, what the scripture is saying, you cannot always have your way. Sometimes you have to, you have to, um, how do you call it? Compromise. Not comp- compromise your faith or your beliefs. Compromise as long as the people are following the word of God and the will of God. Sometimes compromise. It's not about just you. Sometimes think about the other people too. Hallelujah. Sometimes you have to learn to come. If you are going to live in unity, you have to learn to compromise for the greater good. Yeah. The time doesn't favor you. You have rehearsal at this time. This time you'd have done this personal thing. But because of rehearsal, the greater good is at this time. So you say, okay, let's do it because of every other person. I can always change my time. I can always adjust my life so that the greater good will benefit. Hallelujah. Okay, now I can tell you my last point. Romans 12, 16 to 18. The fourth way. Hey, have I given four ways or just two? <laughs> the fourth way. At least you heard something. That's what's important. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Okay, let's just say, do not set your mind. Hmm. I think King James will say, you don't have to quote it. King James will say, do not set your mind on high, but Learn to condescend to men of low estates. Learn to associate with every kind of person. Yeah. The, the rich should not only be your friends. You should have ordinary people as your friends too. Yeah. It, will, it, will, it will shock you to know that sometimes even in church, people are looking up for people in their same class. They are same, the same kind of people. We, 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 then there will be no unity. Because in, there's no Jew, remember. There's no Greek. We are all one. So when we come together, don't look, we are not people of class, we are people of Jesus. We, we are not looking for cliques, we are people. And as, we, as we've started farm, some of you are coming from CY and all that. Don't come and look for your clique that you have in CY. When you come here, we are all one. Everybody is your friend. Everybody is part of the body of Christ. He's Greek, he's Jew, whatever he is, we are all men. But condescend to men of low estates. Learn to associate with every kind of person, the young, the old. Every person can be your friend. I realize that every kind of person, you can have a conversation with any, once you are deliberate about it. Yeah. Let's not learn. Let people, let's learn to, to go to people who are, people everybody regards as low. Are you with me? Yeah. On this note, let me just encourage you. Some time ago, the Lord drew my attention to how house helps are treated. Right. In many homes, house helps are treated as not human. Yeah. So they use a different plate, a different bowl. That is enough to make them know that they are marginalized in society. Just by a different bowl, they eat different meal. They eat what people don't want to eat in the house. They give them bases that nobody, every other person doesn't want to use. But if you are going to be people that they, for example, in our families, if God's presence is, we have to even be, learn how to 
be united even with your house help and your security man. That is when God's presence is going to come. There are people created in the image of God. So treat them like you treat God. Yeah. Long ago, I warned my family members. When I was even younger, I told my siblings, because they had household, I told them that never go for any household when you are not ready to treat the person as any of your children. I don't know where the strength came from, but I think it's because of an encounter I had with the Lord, where the Lord drew my attention. It's as though the Lord made me experience what many households, not that I was a household, but within a certain period, the Lord made me experience what households go through. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's, it's, that left a lasting impression in my mind. Yeah. Many people leave their house up and go to church and go and leave their hands. Lord, we thank you for, meanwhile, the house up is scrubbing. She doesn't deserve God. Your children deserve God. And you're wondering how your, God's presence is not in the home. It's because you are not united, because you are not condescending to men. Let's treat people, let's learn to value people as God's creation. Let's learn. Talk to the security man like he's created in the image of God. He doesn't believe in your God because you, you don't talk to him like there's God. Like you believe in God. Are you with me? So let's learn it, people. Let's learn it. Each day of our lives. Yeah, let's learn it. Let's learn it. Say hello to them. You see, when you are down, you have somebody to talk to. They don't have anybody to talk to. You can use your phone anytime. They can know you. If they, you dare not see them using their phones. You beat them and beat them according to everything they've done in the past, not just the instant that you've made. If you see them as the image of God, you never take an iron and use to bend them. You never pour hot water on them. You never slap them. Sometimes all you just have to do is put yourself in their positions. May we be a united church. Rise up to your feet. I've gone beyond my time five minutes. Forgive me. All right. So I can just pray one prayer and close. We can't do our group work. So let's pray. <laughs> May we be a united church. May we guard the unity of our church, of our homes. Lift up your hands. Let's pray for unity in 30 seconds. You've heard the word of God. Just pray. Just talk to God. The Bible says we should endeavor. We should work hard. We should do all we can. We should do all we can. All that is within our means to stay united. We give you praise. Father, may we be a united church. May we stay together. Lord, may our differences in this life not make us see each other as different. Oh, may we love. May we walk in love. May we walk in love. May we walk in love. Oh, may we walk in love. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for healing. Thank you for healing our hearts right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.